Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like the Cardinal medical staff, is really bad at communicating. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hey, Nate! Birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday oh my God. to Stop. you. <laughs> Stop it. Happy birthday, <sighs> Hambone. Happy birthday to you. That's right, everybody. Wow. Here we are recording. Wednesday, January 17th. It's big birthday, Ben. How you doing, <laughs> Benny boy? Oh, just fine, Nate. You know, another day, another yeah. dollar. Am hey. I right, brother? Wow. <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. I got to know. So yeah. you you hate all oh. things fun, exciting, yes. Yes, you yes, know, yes. gatherings. You yep. You don't like holidays or just yeah. people coming together to celebrate. Um, but this one, the one thing I do know, a, yeah. a, thing, a thing I know about you is that you also, though, you love yourself. And isn't isn't that important? You yeah. know, but how do you square this circle? How are you feeling about are you a big birthday boy? Do you like do you like your birthday? Is it something you look forward to? Yes. S yes. Simple answer is yes. I like my birthday. I like other people's birthdays. Wow. I like celebrating other people's birthdays with them. I like when somebody does a, hey, we're going out for food or, or drinks mm. or see a movie or get pizza yeah. for somebody's birthday. I'm always here for that. I think it's super fun. I The 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 thing, the defining note, wait, first off, you're an adult uh, now. You know, if once you're once you're past mm -hmm. 25, maybe maybe even 26, 27, I don't know. But definitely, we'll just say 25 for the sake of this podcast. Sure. If, if you want to, if you want to be this guy or girl or person who wants to celebrate their birthday and you're of a, of that age or older, you got to do it yourself. Yeah. Put the thing together, invite people out, have some fun with it. But yeah, I, sure. I'm very pro that we make a big deal out of my wife's birthday yeah. gifts, the whole, like, I love doing the whole thing. It's a ton of fun. Um, if we are lucky enough to go on vacation for my birthday or her birthday, we like to organize that. Um, mm. I, I often, my birthday's in January. Often we'll do a ski trip. Wow. Um, I love it. It's you, you get one day, you know, Christmas, yeah. everybody gets that. Uh, well, uh, I was going to say the thing though, Ben, this is confusing. You don't like birthday or you love birthdays, but you yeah. don't like things like Christmas, but is not Christmas the greatest birthday of all. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> I guess I, I, I don't, um, you're right, Nate. I'll just say right. so uncomfortable. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, I have, I have nothing to say about yeah. that and no strongly held opinions in either direction. Topic. Got it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's fun. Happy birthday. You stupid bastard. <laughs> this year you, I just like spun <laughs> off the entire, uh, conversation. Um, you like to do something special for your birthday. I get uh -huh. it. So it's, it's great that you're spending it today with me on the internet. Yeah. 
Yeah, actually, wow. this one's pretty lame. My my lovely wife is uh, not in Denver right now. I'm home alone, and I'm talking to your dumbass. Um, <laughs> and and you're, I'm getting on a flight later today. Yeah, to come to me. Yeah, uh, I think I'm gonna get myself a sweet treat at the airport. Maybe a little, wow. you know, like a uh, little cream treat or a little cake or, or something. I don't know. Mm, I feel like I should get cre- myself something. A nice cream treat at yeah. the airport. Are yeah. you a Are you an airport diner? Do you eat Do you eat at the airport? No, there is yeah. one thing I do at the airport. If you are flying out of the C terminal out of DIA in Denver, there is a restaurant called Root Down, um, okay. which is uh, they have a great regular restaurant in the city of Denver. Um, that's kind of like farm to table, you know, hipster nonsense, but very good food. They make there's one one actual item I get. It is a a turkey croissant sandwich. Mm. Um, and I will skip a meal if I know I'm going to the airport to eat this turkey croissant sandwich because I enjoy it so much. Uh, but if I'm in uh pretty much any other airport, I I I don't care. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's not for me. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of the same. Although of course. My favorite restaurant in the world is inside of an airport, which is Chili's to go. Well, um, yeah, obviously, obviously. Um, but no, I, I actually like. I, I can't remember the last time I've eaten anything at an airport outside of like a Starbucks, like yeah. you know, thing yeah. or or like a bagel or something. I'm very concerned about um, not feeling well on an airplane. Yes, it's like a thing that I will, I like, I will deal with hunger, like. For an entire flight, just to yes. avoid the potential of eating some trash at the airport. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Fully agree with that. Um, and I'll, I'll eat a, I'll eat a flight snack, or if I'm yeah. you know, lucky enough to get a meal, I'll, I'll, I'll eat a flight meal. That's fine. Um, I will say there's, it's called like a Casa uh, Pollo. It's, it's some like crappy <laughs> ass Mexican restaurant yeah. in uh, the Denver airport. And we had to eat there one Chicken day house. because we had flight delays and so on and so yeah. forth. And I uh, half swallowed like a two and a half inch sharp chicken bone. Oh, and uh, it just confirmed what? every. Yeah. Oh, it was like I almost got sick. It was. Yeah, it was really swallowed. A t- did you did Mary have to like pull your mouth open like a cartoon character and reach Dude. her hand down in there and pull it out? Yeah, you know, like in the cartoons when somebody swallows a fork and you can see the outline of the fork. And yeah, like, that is yeah. how I felt. And uh, if I ever thought like that, that like that and also the things you were saying is why I get one specific item. Um, and I do not deviate whatsoever. Yeah. Although tonight I might get a Mac flurry tonight, Nate. Wow, Maybe, a Mac Flurry. There's a little, there's a McDonald's. I might get a little Mac Flurry treat. The thing you got to look out for with the with Lambert is that everything does close at some point. I was going to get not... it in Denver. Oh, okay. So then I can walk around and have a Mac Flurry while I'm waiting for my flight. Mm, really pronouncing the A there. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I I do that to annoy my lovely wife, but uh, <laughs> that's that's well, a it's, joke. It's now it's now made it to this, so that's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing like a big milk treat right before getting on a on a on a plane. At least it's a short flight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I got that aisle seat, so I can rush to the bathroom if I need to. <laughs> yeah, uh, I flew on Air France uh, in October. Oh, that's and, sick, uh, bro. They they gave you it's like the most cliche. I got a baguette and a little bottle of red wine on Air France. I mean, it honestly, great. it sounds lovely. It was it was it was nice. Yeah. Well, good so, for you. Yeah, thank you. Good for me. Well, yes. happy birthday. Thank you. Um, congratulations. Yep, you did it. 
You made it. I'm actively doing it. One more year. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. And then maybe another. I didn't say that's the end. One at a time. One at a time. Don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. Well, let's talk about baseball. Actually, a lot has happened um, over the last week. As we inch closer and closer, Hambone, we are less than a month from the official start of spring training. Like, Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And things are starting to ramp up. The Cardinals hosted uh, the winter warm-up event over the weekend. Uh, Obviously, you're in Denver. I was not able to attend. Um, I've been, we've been, had a little bit of COVID around the house. And uh, so we've been inside. And also, uh, tell you who needed warmed up. Everyone there, it has been uh, ice cold <laughs> here in St. Louis. I'm talking negative 20 plus wind chills. So shout out yep. to everyone who braved that to go to the winter warm up. Uh, but I was not there. Have you have you been to a winter warm up before? Ben? I think when I was a, a, a wee child. Uh, but like, I don't really remember it. Um, yeah. I definitely got some autographs and I think my dad was just kind of shuffling me around. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been a really long time. It has for me as well. I I've never felt particularly compelled to go to it though. I do. Uh, it does seem like a really fun event and I know God like forbid you do a little extra work for the show, you know, once. <laughs> no, I just watch Kyle's stuff that, on that his, is smart, you know, honestly, then, yeah. then he does it for us. Um, Kyle Reese, friend of the show, was uh, there and like in the press conferences and stuff. So it was nice to sort of see it through his eyes. Um, but uh, yeah, I've not gone for a while. I think part of it is that I've never been a big. We we had this whole conversation about memorabilia and autographs and yeah. things like that not that long ago. Uh, and I'm not generally a big memorabilia person, though. I did find, and I put this in the bird scored. I found my autograph book, my my card collection autograph book. From the 1993 version of whatever the, um, yeah, I, I don't know if they called it winter warm up then. Was it was it the Cardinals caravan or is that something different? The Cardinals caravan is another fun thing, which is when they load up everything and they and they drive down to Jupiter, oh. um, and okay. and they stop along the way. They stop in like Memphis at the Redbirds, you know that. Cause they, I'm they, shopping it, in Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they do some some stopping in Memphis, and um, <laughs> uh, I assume they all sing that song on the bus together. And usually, they get some like fun prospects, and just like yeah. you know, and and people like I guess drive along with it. So not, I don't know how long they've been doing that. Um, I think they've been doing that for a while as well. But uh, yeah, I found my book. It's got like four John Mabry autographs in it because of course yeah. it does. Um, that guy signed. I, I definitely met John Mabry probably half a dozen times growing yeah. up. Yeah, and like at least three times in a JC Penney's. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so anyway, I, I know some of our listeners went to winter warm up and it did seem like a really good time. So hopefully if you went and you had a nice time and were able to stay warm and, and meet some of the some of the prospects. Uh, but from these various uh press conferences, we had uh you know some some fair amount of news and information that uh that came out, but um before we jump into that, I did want to ask, have, are you going to uh, Rocky's opening day? Have those tickets opened? Are you doing that? So I, it's funny you bring this up, Nathan. Funny, yes. funny, funny. Wow. I just emailed my ticket guy, got wow. registered. I am now in the list waiting Great. to purchase tickets, which I did feel like was a 
uh, you know, the, the page is turning, the days yeah. are starting to get longer. Baseball is around the wow. corner. And, uh, I think I've discussed on this podcast how that is the one day a year where baseball is number one in Denver and in the state yeah. of Colorado. It's so much fun. Um, but yeah, I'm, I am, I have registered. I shall be purchasing, I think likely next week. Nice. Um, and I can't wait. It's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I have not, um, committed to home opening day here at, at Bush, but I think I'm going to go this year. I didn't go last year. Do you year, think but you'll would... ever go to another baseball game again? Uh, I'm torn. <laughs> um, no, I, I went, I didn't go last year, but I went the year before and, um, you know, it's always a good time. Uh, yeah, it's, yell, it's the know. best day. Like I, I, yeah. Oh, that, that's a holiday that I like to celebrate MLB yeah. opening day. People joke about it here in St. Louis, but I honestly believe that there will be a day when it becomes an actual, like, you know, holiday here in St. Louis. They, they made, there's like Albert Pujols day. Yeah. I don't know why opening day isn't, or maybe it isn't. I've just missed it, but like it, it, it is as close to a like city based holidays you can get here in, in St. Louis. Yeah. Um, as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. It's a ton of fun. Uh, and we'll see how the, the Cardinals have a, um, pretty rough opening to the season. So we'll see uh, how, how everyone's feeling about them after they come back from uh, four against the Dodgers to start the year. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, Shohei's not even pitching this year. It's like they, they don't, yeah. even, they're not even really that good. I'm not that worried about it. Yeah. I mean, that bottom half, their lineup, you know, you just got to get through Betts, Freeman, Otani, Smith, more like Max Hernandez. Uh, Chumpsy. More like Max. Yeah, get through Max Chumpsy. Um, All right. This isn't a Dodgers podcast. This is a Cardinal podcast. So, uh, why don't you you start running us through some of the some of the news and topics that came up during a winter warm up? Yeah, I think uh, so. Obviously, we got to see a lot of faces, especially the young guys. Some of the older guys uh, bailed. Um, <laughs> they said because of previous commitments. I think it was the weather. Um, if you're Paul Goldschmidt, are you really going to leave your nice warm house to go brave that terrible weather? Probably not. Anyways, uh, Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker uh, yeah. obviously met uh, and both were looking like they were in tremendous shape, which is unsurprising. <laughs> what I was shocked by is that uh, Mason Wynn revealed that Jordan Walker is now up to 260 pounds, which puts him at 6'6", 260. Um, he's not even like little Giancarlo Stanton anymore. He's just Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, when you draft a big boy, <laughs> when you draft a player, you, you obviously think about projectability size, how's he going to mature uh -huh. and everything like that. Um, but I don't know if I would have really predicted he would have gained like basically two inches and 40 pounds. And like, <laughs> if you look at him, um, and, and I don't want to just talk about this guy's body cause, but, but it is, it is shocking to me. Yeah. Like he doesn't, he doesn't look like he's got an ounce of fat on him. He's like, he's just a large, strong young man, uh, that I think is about to strike fear into the national league here. And, uh, what do we say about uh, 40, 50 days or something like yeah. that? Yeah. And, I can, but I uh, like I cannot imagine that it's going to help him in in right field, <laughs> getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But um, that's that he's paid to hit the ball, so uh, he's paid to hit the ball. And I mean, really, like he's got the speed. I like yeah. Jim Edmonds wasn't a very fast guy, but he's a good outfielder. As long as he can be a little better with his routes and his uh, 
I don't know the the brain work. I th- I think he'll be okay. <laughs> <The> brain work. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call it in the big. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually we we've talked about it a fair amount, but I I think I'm not projecting him ever to be like a true plus defender in right field, but I think he can uh, reach some degree of league average, maybe as quickly as as this year. Um, which would be nice. I mean, Jordan Alvarez is is actually a little smaller than um, uh, Jordan Walker now because I cannot believe how big he is. Uh, <laughs> and he also has two fake knees um, yeah. and plays a fine, fine. outfield. Right. Um, so if Jordan Alvarez can make it happen, I think that Jordan Walker can be passable. Um, I, I'm really, I'm not concerned with it, especially, you know, another thing that was divulged is that he has basically spent his entire winter down in Jupiter, hanging out with Jose Akendo. Yeah. And I mean, if you've learned anything from being a Cardinals fan from the past 30 something years, it's right. That's a, that's good. That, that uh, yeah. is bet on that guy. Well, and, and we also saw like legitimate, frankly, dramatic uh, improvement of oh, yeah. his ability to play right field as the season progressed. So Agreed. Uh, getting a full off season with the secret weapon surely cannot help or cannot hurt <laughs> must right. help. It cannot hurt. He won't be uh, worse. We, we know that yeah, it's hard to imagine that he, he can't be worse than at least first half of the season, right? Yeah. Field Jordan Walker. But um, yeah, I know Mason Wynn has uh, put on some muscle as well. Uh, not that he necessarily needs it either, but um I was looking, you know, there's all these uh, prospect lists that came out um, over the last couple of weeks, and we're going to talk about those a little bit later. But um, seeing a number of prospect lists uh, continue to put him at an 80 grade arm, which is truly incredible. Like if you're not familiar with the grading system, 80 is the best. And it really like most people view an 80 grade as there's maybe one or two people in the league that achieve an 80 grade in any uh, particular like you know uh skill set right and uh just thinking of him getting stronger and he already has an 80 grade arm is is pretty wild yeah i mean you know we're talking about these two guys and he's got an 80 grade arm which is exciting uh walker might have a 80 grade power right and victor scott might have 80 grade speed yeah um and when you look at those three guys of of who's going to start you know, taking over the franchise from a p- position player standpoint, it, it's really easy to get excited about that little, little core of, you know, power, speed, athleticism, defense, yeah. everything that they can bring. Well, and I think we get so excited about these guys that sometimes we forget that not that long ago, the guy who was occupying this sort of space of excitement is also still incredibly young. I'm talking about Nolan Gorman. He also yeah. shared... Um, at some point, I, I, I don't know if this was in a winter warm-up interview or, or what, but he shared that um, he's been working with a nutritionist all offseason and, and has lost some weight and uh, feels like he's entering into the season in a, in a better spot health-wise. And you know, if you remember, he ended the season on the IL. And so um, I think you know, that's a big part of what he's looking to accomplish this year is, is staying healthy the full year and and, uh, you know, I think that's great. I think I saw something about that from Alec Burleson as well, uh, yeah, which, he, uh, which makes sense. Yeah, I think, you know, so they always get like an end of year report or whatever or, uh, evaluation from the team. And his was basically to, yeah, to to get better in the outfield and, and slim up a little bit, which, you know, 
um, make, makes sense. Uh, you, you would think that it's probably easier to run in the outfield if you have a few less, a uh, <laughs> couple less yeah. LBs to, to tote around. Um, but back to the Nolan Gorman thing, I think Jordan Walker is going to have a very exciting year. And I think Mason Wynn's going to have a very exciting year. I think Nolan Gorman is primed to lose his mind. Uh, yeah. I, I think what we saw him do on the defensive side of the ball, learning a new position essentially in the bigs and playing it better and better the way that he makes the turn uh, on the double play from second base. Um, and then just the patience and consistency that he showed all week, uh, all year beating up lefties to a certain degree. I, I am, that is, that is the stock that I am buying as far as the Cardinals yeah. young lineup is concerned. Well, and it also is how the vast majority of actual development in the major leagues goes is like, you know, obviously Jordan Walker is this like, elite prospect maybe uh i don't want to overstate anything here but he, he's uh, kind of in his own tier and then you've got your mason wins and your nolan gormans and these guys that are high level prospects but you know maybe never number one prospect in baseball type guy it usually takes a year or two to really settle into the league like you will show flashes of of success and that's why you get the starting spot and people can see where it's going um but it, it takes a little while most yeah. people are not 22 years old, uh, absolutely crushing in the major leagues. And so he's entering now into his third full season, and we've seen considerable growth every year. There's no reason not to think he won't like really start to settle in and, and pop out as a as a, you know, as a major part of this roster. It, it, it kind of already was last year. Um, right. So, yeah, I think and he's you, like the safest bet, actually, for like uh, for having a, re a really good solid season in, in 2024. It's funny, just like even in the time that you and I've been watching and we're, you know, we're not that old at this point, but like a 23 year old Nolan Gorman talking about like, Oh, I'm totally changing my routine. I'm totally changing my nutrition. Like it's just funny how much the game has changed in that mm -hmm. sense. Like, I don't remember ever. Like some people were calling Albert Pujols a little chubby when he was coming up, but yeah. nobody was talking about, uh, like getting a nutritionist and stuff like that. I, yeah. I think it's, uh, it speaks to how the game has changed. It speaks to how seriously, uh, uh, Nolan Gorman wants to be great. Uh, but yeah, like I, I think we're all in, I, I'm, I'm very excited to see what happens yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, what, what other, uh, what other news you want to talk about from the yeah. warm up? Uh, less exciting. Um, but I, I think it equally important, if not more important, Goldie, uh, and, uh, Mo were kind of, uh, uh, Goldie said this in an interview outside the winter warmup and Mo confirmed this, uh, uh, in the winter warmup, but talked about how he and, uh, Mo and Goldie will not be discussing an extension until seeing how the season begins, which is, um, understandable from Paul Goldschmidt's side. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm curious to what degree, um, Mo is pulling that same lever. Uh, but I don't blame him. Of course, you know, if the team just shits the bed for the first two months, I'm sure Goldie will probably be traded some point yep. through the season that we'll get a nice haul and, and go on from there. And I think, um, you know, he doesn't have a lot of years left. He, I think he wants to win. And, uh, if right. he can't win here, I, I don't blame him. I, I will say like I kind of thought or, and maybe this is just Cardinals colored glasses that I view this through, but I kind of thought he was just like a Cardinal. Um, I kind of right. thought that's how it was going to go down. So hearing this was not necessarily surprising, but kind of like 
a little bit of a reality check maybe. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, a little, a little unsettling. Well, I mean, until 2023, it, it had been nothing but sort of a positive vibe from Paul Gold. Right. He signed the extension very quickly. He's always been sort of like a, you know, go Cardinals. I'm, I'm here because I want to be here type of guy right. and, and bringing in Arenado. We have like the bromance between those two and, um, all, all of that. So yeah, you, it was, I think we all just assumed like he wants to retire a Cardinal and I think he probably does, but he also doesn't want to get stuck in a rebuild in the last, the likely last, you know, quarter of his career. So I think it's fair. I mean, I, I think we both like the Cardinals should be pursuing an extension. I, I kind of believe like regardless of how the beginning of the season goes, but I can understand why he individually would want to see it. Why would he? Yeah. I mean, yeah. kind of, I, yeah, he would fit really well with the New York Yankees. Um, <laughs> I hate it. I hate yeah. it. I don't want that to happen, but it would make a ton of sense. They'd give him a real opportunity to win. Like, yeah, I mean, assuming he like is, has a good start to the season, like it would be an insane trade chip if the Cardinals uh, yeah. are uh, not contending in 2024, yeah. which obviously none of us are hoping for. But I guess yeah. the fallback as well, it could be a, another interesting uh, trade uh, deadline if if we're trading Paul Goldschmidt. Um, no, I'm not I'm going to up crossing on that. fingers, yeah. everything like. I, I no no one wants that obviously. Yeah. To to the kind of the point of that of you know staving off the uh, the spooky potential uh, bad season that the Cardinals uh, that might be ahead of them. Uh, Mo was asked some pretty interesting questions about the efficacy of focusing on bulk innings from the starting rotation. Um, rather, or essentially the question was posed to him in a myriad of different ways. But you seem to be focusing on bulk innings. The rest of the league seems to be going a different way. And it's it's a conversation that I kind of just want to have with you, like this idea of um, I think. It, so uh, how do I want to make sure I'm explaining this? Well, you've had this idea of let's just have 13 closers on a team. Mm-hmm. And something right. that you and I have talked about since probably like <laughs> 2008 or nine or something like yes. that. And I've always said, you're, you're an idiot. I don't like it. I don't like the way it looks. It won't sure. work. But in reality, you know, you look at the way that the Giants run their pitching staff. You look at the way that the Rays run their pitching staff, um, not always by design, but sometimes out of necessity. But almost everybody, there's maybe a handful of starters and then relievers that are kind of flexing in between throwing one and three, four innings and stuff like that. Right. And teams are focusing more on the quality of that individual inning at a given time, rather than somebody putting up a four and a half ERA over six, which is a a quality start. Um, And then you see the Cardinals make this move that is more focused on that quality start four and a half ERA over five or six innings type of thing. Are the Cardinals behind the times? Are they looking at this wrong or was last year so bad they were essentially backed into a corner that they just needed to find innings and they hope quality comes. Yeah. I mean, I think it also there, there's the, te- the there's the specific team dynamics of the Cardinals are assuming. And I think we both would say rightfully so that they're going to have a good offense. 
Right. You know, and and that is sort of the the base layer that you're building everything on top of. Cardinals had a good offense, albeit inconsistent, but at the end of the day, a good offense in 2023. Right. That entire team is either coming is coming back and like hopefully, you know, taking a step forward. The vast majority of the team taking a step forward. So it's it's fair to bank on a good offense. So like if you believe you can bank on a good offense, then that 4.5 ERA for every six innings. Like it's it's way more palatable because that's only three runs. You ha- you're thinking we're going to score more than that, and we build the bullpen to win. Like you can, obviously we've seen a lot of focus on the bullpen, right? They're, they are just amassing what at least from our perspective look like high upside, right? Um, you know, arms. So like for the for the exact dynamic of the Cardinals, assumed good offense, assumed good uh, bullpen, then this approach of just sort of purchase quantity, hope for quality, which we're really only talking about Lynn and Gibson, right? Because Sonny Gray is bull should be. Bull. Well, I, should I be. think Miles Michaelis falls or, into the same yeah, bucket. Yeah, totally. I guess I was thinking about pitchers they went and got, but you're sure. right. They are also choosing to still have Michaelis in the rotation, which they could choose not to if they wanted. So, yeah, they're prioritizing. Just get out there. Don't get absolutely destroyed. And we'll take it from here. Like. Their, their team dynamic does make sense to me that like that could work. Um, I think a lot of this for the Cardinals too is just driven by self um, uh, self decided financial constraints because, <laughs> because they, yeah. they can't by their own again, self created constraints actually go out and buy quanti- quality in the way that we would, that like most of the league is is going for. So they have to spin the whole thing as like we're going for quantity because that's what's most important to us. Whereas I bet Mazalak actually would much rather go out and sign Sonny Gray, sign Blake Snell, and sign, you know, Clayton Kershaw or whatever. But right. he can't. So he has to do everything and spin it as this this quantity over quality thing. Um so I don't know that the that the Cardinals are behind the league. I think that they just feel cornered and they're they're so far behind as far as starting pitching goes that this is really their only path, considering again their their like budget their quote unquote but budget constraints. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. interesting like as the starting pitchers devalued, as the bullpen becomes more important, as nobody's there there are five pitchers last year that broke 200 innings. Yeah. Um, as that is devalued or yeah. It, and it's just, um, we'll see how they deploy them. You know, of course, how, how long are Lynn and Gibson going out there? Yeah. How long is Sonny Gray pitching? Um, are they paying attention to the three ba- or the third time around the order? Um, but I, I think we'll, we'll learn a lot with this kind of revamped, uh, new look, uh, yeah, uh, rotation. But yeah, anyways, well, I thought that was interesting. I mean, I I truly believe that the the pitch clock is a is despite besides the actual on the field changes that we we've already seen games are shorter, etc. I I truly truly believe it is a uh, a turning point in the like progression of starting pitchers. Yeah, um, we're gonna need a lot more data to back that up. But uh, I was reading a thing about 
pitcher injuries were up last year. And it's like, well, boy, I wonder why, you know? And so I think we're going to see teams pri- like, obviously it's not what the Cardinals are doing this year. Um, but I do think we're going to see more and more uh, prioritization of yeah. shorter outings with higher quality. And like everybody's getting so good at everything and these super team, well, super teams too strong of a word, but we're, we're seeing a little bit of that in the league too, where like you can lose a game in one inning, uh, a lot faster now. I, I don't know if that's actually true or not, but it kind of feels that way. Um, and so like having these dudes, yeah. having these dudes who like, yeah, we'll go six innings. We'll give up a run here or there. Like that's less effective if there's no longer you give up one run in the second a a run in the fourth it's more like i gave up seven in the second like we saw with the cardinals last year like how many games were just done in like the second or third inning because we're already down six to nothing because adam wainwright got absolutely torched in the second inning. guy yeah i i would actually argue that we're we're kind of in a dearth of super teams right now i think like atlanta is really really good um and I think that might be the only team that I would assign super team to. You don't, you would not call the Dodgers a super team. I mean, they don't really have a full starting rotation. Not this yeah. year. Um, well, sure. Now, but now next year, know. like maybe, maybe I'll reevaluate a little bit, but like their offense is really good and it, they might score a thousand runs, which is, I think the first time that that's ever happened since 1991 and in the, those insane Indians teams. But yeah. I don't know, like I, they're going to be good. Don't get me wrong. They'll probably win a hundred games. Uh, but like, I don't know. They're starting Walker Bueller who's coming back from injury. Bobby Miller, who's a baby Emmett Sheehan, who's a baby and their bullpen is fine. Um, everyone you just listed would maybe be the best starter on the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I know, but still, like Bobby Miller is is really really good. Walker Bueller is really really good. Sheehan, we'll see. Um, yeah, but Bobby Miller really will probably be good, but he's only pitched yeah 120 innings in the big leagues. I'm not ready to assign him like uh, anoint him. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, but it, it just feels like everything is more like high risk, high reward. And this idea of like, ah, this guy's going to constantly give us six, seven innings, a handful of runs here. And sure. there does seem less likely. I mean, well, like Lynn and Gibson were two of the best at that last year. And, you know, look at what their final results were. Right. So. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up from the winter meetings, uh, and this is a little, little gossip, a little, a little tea was spilled. Um, Ooh, but there's start. some background reporting, um, and some kind of, uh, uh, not, or I guess people were, ju- it, it, this was being chatted about and I found it fascinating. Uh, but there was reporting that revealed that Wilson Contreras and Jack Flaherty, uh, that is kind of where the big issue came. Uh, there was a little bit of smoke to this fire. Um, and then it seemed to really come out during the winter meetings. There was photos of a, a Cardinals clubhouse door that seemed yeah. to be whacked by a bat from Wilson Contreras that uh, did not survive the altercation. Um, and, you know, Jack is gone. Wilson is here to stay, obviously, and just kind of interesting. You know, Jack, um, uh, he, I think, did a good job at convincing me that he was kind of this bridge uh, a, 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 like a community guy bringing the team together, everything. Yeah. And then you hear about this and 
I don't really have much to flavor it other than it's just kind of a fascinating little piece. And it's, um, it's hard for me to not take Wilson's side, especially when he had a great year and Jack had a terrible year. Yeah. And there, there's also, um, there was some, some statement from miles Michaelis basically saying like, yeah, we kind of threw, uh, Wilson under the bus for our failings. And, um, which wasn't great. All of the 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 door smashing and all that. Like I've also seen people say this is unverified. So I don't want right. to go too far. Like that could just be anything. We don't really know that that's true or not. Um, it's plausible. It certainly seems plausible. And obviously, like, you know, this was one of the major issues with last year above him, like outside of the, just the fact that they were a bad baseball team was right. this like internal dynamic. And, and, I don't know. We saw uh, Jack was gone in uh, the middle of the summer and Wilson Contreras had one of the best several months of his life. Yeah. Uh, you know, in that period where Jack was no longer there. Um, is that a coincidence or is it just he he got settled in and and whatnot? I don't know. Um, to me, some of this uh, really just continues to point out that the biggest failing here was from guys like Ali Marmol and John Mazalek because Dude. the these are amped up insane, like, you know, lizard brain athletes who like have been bred their entire life to like aggressively, uh, pursue, um, you know, winning. Right. And so when, when that's not happening, their world is spiraling and people get mad at each other and people point fingers and, you know, it's like just part of sports. We know. I know this. I'm a sporto. I've yeah. been in the dugout. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I'd love to have you call lizard or call a, a baseball player a lizard brain. I, uh, I know I they'll that, beat me up. But yeah, you know what I mean? Will. Like, I, that's probably too extremely focused, extremely competitive. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that like we know that these things happen. It happens in any, any industry when you care a lot about something and it like every time I see you, I hit you. Um, that's why I've, uh, when you, when you get to my house tonight, I'm wearing a full suit of, of spikes. So if you try to punch me, you're punching spikes, baby. Dumbass. Um, Okay. So point being like, this is all stupid and it sucks, but like, I don't really think like these two, like two baseball players when your team is losing a lot, getting mad at each other is like that big of a story. Um, I do think it's shitty that like the clubhouse and Marmol and, and co let Wilson Contreras be the like punching bag of this entire thing when like it's obvious that it wasn't on him like there 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 is some that it's it's the whole team you know so he's not like completely right. uh absolved of it but like so much shit fell on wilson Contreras because jack flaherty and miles michaelis couldn't find the strike zone and uh we shouldn't have heard any of this no you know what i mean that that's the real story and you know that's the real story because the cardinals have said 18 times during the offseason that they brought in that they did they underestimated the loss of 
Molina, Wainwright, and Pujols to the clubhouse yeah. and, and what that would all do. And obviously, Wainwright was there, but he wasn't really there. And yeah. I've, I've heard players talk about how difficult it is to be a leader in the clubhouse when you're not performing you know, on the field. And right. that all makes sense. And to a certain degree, I get that. I, I, I understand that one person, Ali Marmol, <laughs> can't you know, tamp yeah. down every single little nail that comes out of the floorboard, but he, he was a part of it. He wasn't it's very it, frustrating. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. it's, yeah. and, and, you know, we were raised on Tony LaRusa baseball and that shit just would not happen. Like right. if that started to happen, you got traded, which I'm not <laughs> saying is good or bad, but that shit was not happening. And I think it's kind of a new thing, at least for my baseball life to, to, uh, kind of come up to speed on. And it's, um, it's been fascinating. Not not great though. Don't like it. No, not great. Um, well, and I mean, we saw like uh, the like Mazalek and Ali Marmol basically directly said, "If the Cardinals don't win this year, Ali Marmol is not being is not being yeah. brought back." Like they, they couldn't have been more clear without directly yeah. saying it. He um, he, he said, uh, "I'm not worried about uh, my contract because it's it's always for the past 19 years I've been doing everything I can to help the Cardinals win, and this year will be nothing like that." And I was like, "That is a polished, uh, pre uh, yeah. administered answer that you had yeah, ready to go there. I'm Good for you, Ali. I yeah. mean, he said it like he said, you know, I understand it's the game, and uh, I know that I need to be the better this year, and if not." Like things will change, and Mazalek said the same thing. So, like, yeah, it, it's obviously a purposeful decision not to re-up his contract before this year, and I yeah. think it's the right move. Like, you and yes. I both uh, don't believe that he should have been fired this offseason. I am okay with them going into twenty twenty four with Ali Marmol as the manager. I think, yeah. like, it, it, there's enough upside there, but if it's like last year, like, yeah, you you've got to switch it up to. And my criticism, like we've talked about bullpen management and everything like that. I think he was fine on all accounts there. And, yeah. and it was the team was weak and that wasn't his fault. My issue was his composure and the way that I felt he was dealing with the press. And yeah. uh, you could only imagine the clubhouse. Um, well, again, got- he was a part of this scrap. Like Ali Marmol was a, a, a contestant in the battle between Wilson Contreras and the starting rotation and, and all of that. He was, right. it didn't feel like he was a mediator. It felt like he had chose a side and right. it's like, that sucks. And, and like you were alluding to earlier, when you're in a room full of uh lizard brain, uh, super athletes, somebody has to be the damn adult. And yeah. that has to be the manager. It's like their um, job. It's like the main job at this point when everything is so decided by analytics and you've got like detailed uh, game plans for almost every single uh, situation. Yeah. Like the, 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 the people manager side of this whole thing is like really the most important role in a, uh, in an, in the dugout manager. Yes, yes sir. I am. I am H O. I am. <laughs> No, not even humble, in my opinion. Oh, I thought that meant honest opinion. Is that humble opinion? Well, I always thought it was humble opinion, in my humble opinion. Um, hmm. <laughs> well, what? Wow, move on. This, is, this is good. <laughs> you look that up and I'll move the show along. Uh, the Cardinals have signed 11 international free agents. Uh, 16-year-old right-handed pitcher, uh, Brunelli Franco, 
headlining the class. Franco is regarded as a top international prospect. It's listed at 6'3", at only 16 years old, which is crazy. Uh, his fastball sits between 91 and 93 miles per hour. Per hour. Um, and I think this is a guy to be excited about. He's a 16-year-old pitcher. Um, his arm will probably explode in a fiery blaze, and we'll never see him in the bigs. Um, <laughs> but today, pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, I was barely listening because I was looking up what you said to uh, look up, and it's both. So oh, wow. it just kind of depends on what you want it to be. I'm never going to um, be humble. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I this is fun, right? Like everyone's saying he's the the top international pitch, pitching prospect, and the Cardinals signed him. So you got to be what the Cardinals need more yeah, pitching. That's exactly what we want them to be doing. So yeah. uh, perfect. I wonder, you know, did um, it's probably like these kids. He's 16. He's these probably kids. These kids. He's probably been uh, like scouted by the Cardinals since he was eight or something. Right. So I don't want to over um, like state a brand new person's impact. But I do wonder is Heim Blumen on this? Like, is he been like where did did he have any as like the the pitching guru? Um, did he have any sort of impact on this? You know, it's funny, and, and I'm going to go off the outline for a second, Nate, if that's okay wow. with you. But uh, another thing that was brought up during the winter meetings from John Mosaylock was that he did admit that Heim Bloom had been uh, consulting the team on player acquisition and, and uh, evaluation prior uh, multiple months prior to yeah. uh, the contract being signed, which I think. Really, just I, I think we kind of were suspecting that, but it's nice to actually have the the proper answer, and it makes a lot of the acquisitions and the way the Cardinals have looked at the bullpen does seem very Rays like, very <laughs> yeah. smart. I think we've pretty much praised every acquisition. Yeah. Um. So you know, kind of uh, uh seeing that uh be said out loud is, uh, I guess it just makes me feel less crazy. It's it's, yeah. it's kind of exciting. Um. Another thing too that Mazalek said. We could just talk about all these interviews the whole episode, but did you catch Mazalek said my contract is up in two years and I don't expect to continue yeah. in this role after that. So I mean, we said it last week. It it couldn't make more sense for Heimblum to kind of ease into the chair, ease into the organization, ease into getting to know the DeWitt family, how they like to do things, um, and then ultimately make a decision when Mo leaves. And I think when you have a candidate pull from uh Mr. and Mrs. Outside Hire, Heim Bloom, Randy Flores, and Mike Gersh, I think you feel pretty good about where the Cardinals' brain trust is going to be. And um, yeah. I mean, sitting where we are today, obviously so much can happen in two years. Um, but an outside resource like uh, Heim Bloom, uh, somebody who wasn't raised a Cardinal would be uh, some, that, that would be what I would be pushing for. Yeah. I, I mean, it feels like there is a, like what percentage chance is it that uh, in two years, we have Yachty in the dugout as the manager and yep. Bloom in the front office as the Pobo. Uh, he was Sebo with yeah. the uh, Red Sox. So, yeah, maybe Pobo here or yeah. uh, Chief Pobo. I don't know. Kobo. Kopobo. 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 Um, yeah, but I, it does kind of like, obviously, like I said, a lot can happen in two years. Yeah. But it seems like it's like, 50% Heim Bloom and then 50% the field. It just, it <laughs> yeah. really is set up in a way for Mo to kind of, you know, download him and, and have Heim kind of step into the place. And it's such a Cardinals thing to do to like, yeah, not groom isn't the right word. Cause that has different connotations, but you know, like uh mold. Um, yeah. Even, even sure. though he's from outside. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's also just seems like generally probably a smart business practice. Let them get. You just don't hear and, about it. Like even yeah. David Stearns, you know, he had ties to the Mets, but they just gave him the job. There wasn't really. Yeah. No, him and Han about it, Nate. Who boy? Yeah. Um, well, back on back on prospects. Um, yeah, I'm excited about this kid. I mean, he's would you? He's six three. Uh, Brunelli six, Franco. Brunelli Franco. Fun name. He's uh, he's 16 years old and he's six foot three and he can already throw uh like low mid 90s, which goodness. is incredible. I mean, it's terrifying. What's well, also great? Being six three at 16 years old. I can't imagine being six three. Period. Um, and that's you're, you're like six two, right? So it's not yeah. even that big of a difference. It's more though. I've never been there. It is more. I can barely. I can't imagine it. Um, I, I there is something like to the you're talking about the kid being scouted when he is eight. It is funny, uh, and I hope everything works out for him. And and you know, I, I wish him all the best. So bizarre for your life to essentially be on rails from the age yeah. of like twelve. Yeah, um, like he was just. This is what he does. He's always done it. He knows nothing else. And he happens to be really, really good at it from a young yeah. age. It's it's kind of wild. Well, yeah, there's there's a lot to be said about how the industry works outside of the the high school and college system in the United States and how horrible it is um, and how good it can be for some people also. Yeah, um, but that's, that's a I, topic uh, for, a, for an entirely other like an investigative I, I, podcast. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. This show, we, we talk about watching movies and we're going to watch a more fun movie, I think, this week with the Bird Squad. Uh, but there's this movie on Amazon.com uh, or streaming on Prime or whatever called Watch uh, the Last Out. And it documents three Cuban baseball players who are hooked up with this L.A. based um, like agent, like aspiring agent. And it's about their escape. It's about like their baseball life. Uh, establish, establishing citizen in a country outside of Cuba. Hmm. I haven't watched it yet, but it, apparently it really gets into the nitty gritty of what that is all like and, and the predatorial nature and the it, it's predatorial, but it's also it helps both parties, right? If you yeah. land a major league contract, you can get out of, you know, if you perceive your situation in Cuba as oppressive, um, you know, you can get out of there and, and have some autonomy and make some money. Um, and of course, you know, there's going to be somebody kind of writing your coattails and making money off of you, but it's, uh, I haven't seen it yet, but it's yeah. on my list and, and maybe, maybe we'll watch it with the show. Yeah. But we're going to be watching probably something stupid, but also yeah. great. Um, <laughs> I haven't watched battlefield baseball since we watched it and I really want to watch it again. I've been, uh, I've been, I'm, I'm in deep wanting baseball mode right now. And, uh, even something well, yeah. as ridiculous as Battlefield Baseball. A hot sounds. reco from your friends at Tab. It's the full <laughs> movie is on YouTube. Battlefield that is a hot Baseball. reco. <laughs> it is a uh, Japanese manga that has been turned into a live action movie. Um, and it's incredible. Check it out. It's yeah. great. Yeah, I need. I I stopped calling you Gorilla Matsui, but I think I need to bring that back. Yeah, I like um, it. Yeah. Uh, the, while we're on prospects, we're getting all sorts of prospect lists coming out. Baseball America, very, very well regarded, uh, baseball publication. They put out a list every year. It's, you know, very well regarded. And, uh, the Cardinals have five prospects in the top 100. Yeah. Which, uh, pretty good. I think the team with the yeah. most is six. Um, so, you know, we're, we're not that far off now. There's no one 
Like the Cardinals farm system is in in an interesting place right now because of recent graduations. You know, this list looks a lot different and the Cardinals look a lot better with Jordan Walker still in that list. But, you know, he's graduated. And and so the Cardinals have five players, but no one like really high up on it. Uh, You want to run down the list real quick? Well, yeah, I think, you know, the the number one, I think, standout looking at this list is how good did the Cardinals do on the Jordan Montgomery trade? You have yeah. Koa Roby coming in at number 75 overall and Thomas Segacy. 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 I'm never going to be able to get think that right. Think the letters J.C. Segacy. Uh, at 85. So that's really exciting that, you know, I don't think Segacy was in the top 100, uh, but he really, I think, impressed uh, I well, know he, he went, he won the Texas league MVP with yeah. a monster second half of the season. Yeah. So, so very exciting developments there. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see CJC sooner than later, mm-hmm. uh, at number 39 overall Mason win. Uh, I think we can all be excited about that. And then back to back, we have number 83 and 84 prospects overall, Victor Scott two and Tink hence. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And I think, um, like I could see all five of those players affecting the big league roster at some point this year. I would say the pitchers are the least likely. And, uh, I, I think it's all but guaranteed that, uh, Mason Wynn is going to graduate, uh, from this list very, very early in 2024. Uh, if he does not break the team with, or the, the, uh, if he does not break spring with the team, I think it'll happen very shortly after that. Um, yeah, but- I mean, there's, Unless he's hurt, right? It's it's all but been handed to him. He's the starting yeah. shortstop. I guess he'd have to be horrible uh, in the uh, in uh, spring for him not to get it. But I'm yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, and you never like he's so young and he didn't yeah. hit that much. Like I wouldn't unless he goes off this spring. It, I wouldn't really beat up the bra- the, the front office for making him cook in AAA a little bit more. That that wouldn't be insane yeah. to me. It's just the hit tool that he needs right. to, to work on. Um, but yeah, I think that you're right. Like if I was to bet on this, he, he yeah. would break the team. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I, like you said, it's pretty cool. Two of the guys that Cardinals got, uh, from a two month rental for Jordan Montgomery, you know, are Man. on this list. Um, team Kens is a little higher or lower rather on the list than I think. Um, you know, I might've expected, but also, you know, he's an undersized guy, you know, it's hard for these sorts of, um, pitchers to really end up in the top part of the prospect list. And also he is so young. It takes a long time to really think about how long we've had Mason win and how long people have been excited about him. And he's still, you know, in the thirties. So, yeah. um, I, you know, I think we're all still very hyped on him. I was a little surprised. Yvonne Herrera is not back on this list after how great he was last year. But also prospect fatigue is a thing. People, you know, people get bored of these guys if they don't immediately pop off. And there's always somebody new and exciting uh, right. in the in the lower minors. And then finally, uh, I, I don't think it was this list. Might have been like baseball prospectus or another list that came out had Chase Davis at 101. Mm. Um, baseball America doesn't do past 100. So we have no idea where he'd be on theirs. But um, it was interesting to see Chase Davis so high after really having a pretty bad uh, 2023. But he is also incredibly young, and the yeah. sort of power-first approach is, uh, you know, if that K rate gets too high, you just start plummeting off of lists. 
Yeah, you know, we talked to uh, a while back, we had Kyle Reese on, and we talked about him quite a bit. And he basically was making the argument that, you know, this kid played a full college season, came in to a new organization, wooden bats, you know, knew everything, and, uh, you know, hit kind of tried to hit the ground running, was making the adjustments. He had so much life stuff going on um, that it's not crazy that he didn't perform well. Uh, and it was only 34 games. So I don't think anybody should be yeah. discouraged by that performance. And, uh, I think that, I mean, I'm really excited about Chase Davis. Obviously yeah. I don't really know much about him other than what we talked about on draft day and watching some video and, um, but you know, he's got a little cargo in him, which is mm-hmm. a, a really fun player to compare somebody to. And I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, we have, we have no other choice, but to see what happens, but I'm excited about that. <laughs> I'm closing my eyes. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I love the prospect list time of year, you know, and just, and seeing where everybody, uh, ranks and, and whatnot. So Your we'll little continue machinations, to guys. Little, yeah. little puppet master. Well, and we're going to see all of them in spring, you yeah. know, so it should be fun. Yeah. Um, agreed. So, uh, one last bit of Cardinal specific news, um, less exciting. Um, we'll talk about, uh, Tommy Edmond. So we, there's a lot of Tommy Edmond talk this yeah. week. Um, so first everyone's favorite process, uh, the Cardinals and Tommy Edmond did not agree in arbitration. Yeah. Uh, so of course we get. Uh, the Cardinals to get the honor of going into a, a room and telling Tommy Edmond to his face how bad he is, yeah. um, which we all love. It goes it goes well for every team every year. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it Corbin Burns last year? Uh, like came out right and directly said he was like, I I hate this organization because they were I, so they were douchebags to me in the arbitration process. I, I mean, I, I imagine it can't be fun. You have your employer who you put your blood, sweat, and tears and tell you how much you suck to argue with you over what essentially, you know, with Tommy, uh, the, the dollar difference is $400,000, which to me and you is, you know, relative chump change to podcasters, but, uh, normies out there, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good chunk of money. Yeah. To a professional baseball player though, that money means something <laughs> to us. Yeah, he, he needs that. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, we, we have this conversation this time of year, uh, and it's always somebody, and the thing that is frustrating, and I, I feel like I'm probably just rehashing my argument from last year, is that you have this guy, Tommy Edmond, who has already provided extensive surplus value for your organization. Somebody you probably like to retain, if not used for a trade piece on a nice deal. Um, but like someone I said, we've you've always loved. This podcast has always loved and supported. Never snubbed him, not once. Not we once. Always respected him. Um but it is insane to me that you would be willing to argue with your uh, uh, great, uh, uh, like I said, win producing player over $400,000, which is not even what a, a like a, a, a rookie salary right. makes anymore. Um, yeah. And so the Cardinals have again. a, yeah, the Cardinals have a process that they call file and trial. Um, it, it is to, to their like, to be fair, they are consistent with it. They're not choosing to argue with Tommy Edmond versus anyone else. They, they, it's a very outlined pr- process for them. They submit their number. If it's different than, uh, um, what the player wanted, they go to trial. It is what it is. Um, but it, yeah, it's a deeply frustrating process, but 
by all accounts, the player association likes this and wants yeah. it. So this was negotiated in the CBA. So, you know, that they are obviously have the players interests in mind at first. Um, I just don't know why it has to be so uh, like direct. They should just submit this stuff. Uh, they don't need to tell the player directly why he sucks. Just submit it to the judge or, or whatever and let the person make that final decision. But um, yeah, I mean, there are so many websites and, and, and writers and, and journalists that have essentially like algorithms that can project what these people are going to get. Why don't they just settle on some type of algorithm that yeah. scales with the average salary of the player and take all this out of it. it you, yeah. you performed X, you get this and yeah. you don't make, you know, you don't hurt people's feelings. And yeah, and, well, and I read that, um, have these stupid arguments. I forget where I read it. I've said it a million times. I need to be better at citing who I read these things from, but, uh, the Cardinals have never extended a player that they went into an arbitration hearing with. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. So, uh, certainly if, if, uh, you know, um, I guess tradition at this point, it, you know, if the pattern continues, then, uh, Tommy Edmond will maybe not be a Cardinal for, for much longer. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. And you could see why, if they aren't planning on extending someone, then they don't care as much about going into arbitration and, and arguing with them. Yeah. Um, and this is going to be an interesting year for Tommy Edmond. Uh, he, it was revealed that he has basically struggled with a wrist injury through from since 2022 he's had wrist pain and and played with it all through 2023 and then had surgery this off season and at the beginning when the surgery was announced it was like he's fine it's all good and then at winter warm-up it was revealed i can't swing a bat yet and when i swing a bat that will really be like that'll be when i know how my recovery is going so um, I think there's some real and fair concern about Tommy Edmond on the opening day roster right now, uh, which I guess makes holding on to Carlson and some of these center fielders a little more, make a little bit more sense if you're already like, we don't know what we're going to get out of Tommy Edmond. And it does feel like a little bit like, oh my God, here we go. <laughs> like we're all like our starting center fielder already. We're like, well, we'll see how spring goes for him. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so not even a real center fielder. Yeah. Well, you know, he, yeah. he, he, he was pretty good. Though, oh, okay. But, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, like, like the, the this is what I was saying to the with the opening joke, like the Cardinal medical staff and and they don't owe they don't have to tell us anything. They don't owe us anything, but it constantly feels like we're being told one thing about a dude's health. And then it just like slowly degrades from there. There it's never the other way around. We're like, <laughs> oh, you know, oh, we came back yeah. quicker. You know, it's always like, well, this is way worse than we thought it was going to be. Um so I'm not feeling great about that. Yeah. Um, you know, Tommy Edmond, of course, our favorite player. We want to see him in, you know, have a good spring and start the opening day roster, but doesn't seem like that might be the case. But we actually, we just don't know. He doesn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Calm so. down, Nate. It's okay. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Nate's eyes just popped out of his head. It's yeah. all right. Um, all right, well, let's move on. Um, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the increasingly confusing Bali sports diamond sports group stuff here in a second. But before we do, 
we want to remind everybody that this show is listener supported on Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. If you've enjoyed the show and want to support it directly, um, consider joining. Um, we you know, very cheap. We have a bunch of different tiers, whatever is works best for you. Um, we appreciate anything and everything from our supporters. Um, supporters at any level get access to our private discord. It's the bird scored, baby. We talk about it all the time. Great group in there. We're starting to organize little uh, fun events. We're doing our first movie night this Friday night. Uh, so if you want to be a part of that, it's not too late. And uh, assuming we'll do more stuff like that and more stuff as the season gets started. Um, you also get a uh, if you sign at any of our higher levels, which are also still very affordable. Yeah, there's other benefits. Free T-shirt included. Ben is just making really dumb faces at me the entire time I'm talking like this. Although I can't tell maybe it's just his regular face. Um, so yeah, patreon.com slash talking about birds. You could also support us by leaving a uh, review on your favorite podcast platform. It helps. I know it's not the most exciting thing to do, but we really appreciate it when you do. And it really does help. So thank you to everyone who has. And if, and if you're pulling your phone out right now to do it, a little, little extra appreciation. Ben's blowing little kisses at you. Um, uh, Ben, where can people find us online elsewhere? Yes, you can find us on Twitter at Talk About Birds. We are on Instagram at Talking About Birds. We have a TikTok. You can come look at our faces on TikTok. This show is available on Spotify. You can call or call us. You can listen to us there if you prefer. You can email us at talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. Again, you can email us at talkaboutbirds.com. And of course, you can call us or text us at 848-48-BIRDS. That is 848-482-4737. Call us now. And we're live. Let's go to the lines right now. Uh, Excuse me. uh, Why does the guy with the orange hat suck? (laughs) Hey, click. All right. Yep. That sounded cool. Uh, I didn't like his face. Mm-hmm. I could just tell. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. You can cut that part out, please. Yeah. Nope. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit because a lot of this Ugh. has been breaking over the last day or two. Yeah. So I think we are also a little confused about this whole thing. Um, but we're getting more no, and more I, news. I totally got it, Nate. It's totally yeah. clear. Okay. Well, I will certainly look forward to you breaking it down for us. The the current dynamics between uh this is everybody's favorite stuff in bait. This is why you get into sports, <laughs> right? Is to dig deep into the contract situation between your favorite sports team and the mega conglomerates yeah. that uh produce the TV content for you. Um yeah. so uh, there's been a lot of concern over the last couple of years about the Bali and its collapse and what that's yeah. going to do to access. And, um, you know, uh, I, I believe outside of a growing number of owners who don't actually want to produce a winning baseball team, the biggest problem in baseball is access, uh, especially access in a way that garners younger, newer fans. Um, and so this is directly related to that. Um, so, uh, I don't know, Ben, you want to kind of yeah. try to break down the, the recent news? I, I mean, this is the only re- real value out of this podcast is that you I'll read through these articles and try to understand it so that you don't have to. <laughs> and then I'll distill it in a way that hopefully makes sense. So okay. I'm just going to really do big picture shot. 
Yeah, I'm going to, well, well, sort of. I'll do really big picture. Essentially what happened was uh, uh, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, Amazon lowballed Diamond Sports Group, which is a the company that owns Bally Sports and produces a number of baseball, NHL, and basketball teams uh, daily or uh, 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 cable-based uh, productions, right? Uh, Diamond said, no, thank you. Uh, they decided to work out an agreement with Sinclair, which is their parent company, to essentially keep them floating uh, with like a $500 million loan from their parent company. It's it's corporate bullshit, but they're just kind of right. moving around money to keep it afloat. And Amazon came back with a much better deal. So they are giving uh, Diamond, uh, which again is the subsidiary that is actually producing the baseball games and the NHL and NBA games. Uh, $100 million for the streaming rights only of the Tigers, Royals, Marlins, Brewers, and Rays. So what that means is that the Cardinals are unaffected for the year of 2024. Everything will be the same. If you're watching it on MLB.tv, you can watch it there. If you're used to watching them on Bally, you can watch it there. Uh, So that's fine and dandy. That's all that needs to be stated. It does make the 2020 sorry, 2025 season questionable. Uh, the team's future with the uh, sports network is unclear going past this year per Katie Wu, the Cardinals, uh, uh, the DeWitts really have started exploring the possibility of making, uh, taking their own rights back and launching their own network. The Cardinals also considered partnering with the St. Louis blues, which is, I think something that we've suggested multiple yeah. times. Um, it makes all the sense. Cardinals nation is large, uh, the Cardinals alone probably have enough viewership pairing that with the blues. Uh, it would be hard for me to imagine that couldn't be its own RSN at the very late, least a web-based app um, yeah. with some type of TV functionality on that as well. Uh, so that is the route that I hope that they go because that would eliminate blackouts entirely, um, which makes all the sense. And I've also think yeah. that there's a added benefit that if the Cardinals are responsible for selling their own product on TV, you think that that would motivate them to ensure that that product is good um, because you have more people signing up. Um, at least that is how one would believe it would work. Uh, but these owners have proved me wrong on that kind of thing <laughs> in the past. Uh, and then I'd like to quote uh, Mr. DeWitt Jr., on uh, this idea. He says, uh, this will give us a full year to figure out how we're going to best monetize our TV rights family. I love it when they talk like this. It's just like, Mm -hmm. this is Um, what it's really, really about. Uh, We've got a big audience. Cardinal country is bigger than the city of St. Louis. And we think we can do pretty well in the future, but it's to be determined because we haven't really run that operation internally. So essentially saying like, we don't really know how to be an RSN, but I think we could do it because we have the numbers. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to spend 2024 figuring that out. I, I would almost guarantee that is how that this this is going to play out. It makes sense based on the DeWitt's existing financial situation, the Cardinals existing financial situation. And uh, and I think the DeWitt's uh, motivation to kind of expand their empire. Um, so, yeah, again, broad strokes, 2024 unaffected. 2025 huge question mark yeah um yeah good breakdown thanks for for going through that i also saw that um uh the cardinals did receive their full tv payment for 2024 so cardinal nation you can rest easy i know i've been up at night i've been i mean i've i've been stressed yeah 
that they weren't going to get their get all all of their payment for uh, for this year's TV rights. So that we can close the door on that one. That's done. Yeah. Um, so and, and apparently they're on track to sell three million tickets already. So uh, spend that money. Yeah, yeah. They were, uh, you know, I, 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 the, man, we've been so ranty lately about the <laughs> the yeah, finances. We, we, of we this can game. move on. We can, yeah. Move on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I I do hope that it, it results in in the Cardinals just going on their own. I think it makes the most sense, and I think it's where most of the industry is heading. So. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's talk about some, some news from around the league as the hot stove continues. Big deal happened here, Nate. We're we're all, everyone's excited. Everyone in St. Louis is talking about this. And Texas, Andrew Kisner signs a one-year deal with the world series champion, Texas Rangers. Yeah. Uh, frankly, a little surprised, but good for him. Yeah. He almost got 2 million bucks. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, for a negative win player, <laughs> I was just pulling it up to look at it again. Yeah. Am I being mean? He's negative, right? He's a career negative one point nine. Yeah, war. Uh, two million bucks on. T- yeah, I mean, man. Hey, if your kid isn't that great at baseball, but good enough, make him be a catcher. You can stick around for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Kinsner's fine. He, he's fine. I we love, he we like year. Kinsner. Yeah, just yeah. a little surprised that he yeah. he got a, a big league contract like that. Yeah. Uh, and other former Cardinals news, the Giants and Jordan Hicks agree to a four-year, $44 million contract, and he is expected to be a starting pitcher for the Giants. Yeah. Um, I mean, good for him, first of all. Like, Damn, I don't think anyone was expecting $44 million to Jordan Hicks. No, that's Steven uh, Matt's money. Yeah, I understand why he's not a Cardinal. <laughs> yep. Um, and I hope that he gets a good crack at the rotation and we get a real view of what Jordan Hicks as a starter could be because uh, Certainly, they have to approach it in a better way than the Cardinals did, just whipping them around back and forth from the rotation to the yeah. to the bullpen, um, and you know, hopefully, a full off season to prepare as a starter. Yeah, uh, I, you know, will it work? I'm still a little torn on it whether yeah. it'll actually work or not. But I am. I, it's intriguing. I am. I am curious about the legitimacy of the starting pitcher tag, uh, and if that was more a uh, Jordan wants to try it, and, and we'll see what happens. Well, but, or uh, it'll be like what we were just talking about earlier in the episode where it's like he is starting games, but no one's expecting him to go more than three, four innings, right. you know? Yeah. That, that yeah. would not surprise me. Uh, the Yankees have signed Marcus Stroman two years, $37 million. Uh, I view that as an insanely good deal for the Yankees. Um, shockingly good. I think I would, I, I would be very, very surprised if there were not better deals out there for Marcus Stroman. Um, not that he he had an amazing year last year, but that is very low um, for a guy that has a, a pretty good track record of success. Yeah, though um, you know he's had some injuries recently, and he's getting older, um, and so it is a little risky. I think that's why he only got two years. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's been, he's been an effective major league starter for, for several years now. So 
How uh, weird was that Cubs deal? Yeah, what even was the Cubs deal? I don't even remember what it, it was. I think it was two years with an option. Um, I, I think he was making like 25 or 27 a year or something like that. He, he essentially played for them two years where they were really, you know, completely irrelevant in 22. Yeah. And then burgeoning on being relevant in 23. And then he ships off as soon as, uh, well, we think they're about to turn around. We'll see right. what ends up happening. But such an odd deal. Yeah, um, it was It was also um, his, looking at it now, uh, his two worst seasons of his career outside yeah. of 2019, his uh, last full year with Toronto when he only threw 100 innings. So, yeah, um, yeah he threw... 138.2 innings in 2022 for Chicago and 136.2 innings uh, for Chicago in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. He made about a million bucks a start as a Cub. So good for him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, interesting deal. I uh, we'll see how that turns out, but yeah. I know he wants to be there. So, you know, good for him. Uh, the Dodgers and Cubs announced a trade sending rookie infielder, Michael Bush and reliever Yense Almonte uh, from LA to Chicago for prospects, Jackson Ferris, Zahir hope. Um, I think this is a pretty good move by the cubbies. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I like Michael Bush a lot. Uh, Gensi Almonte might be good, but I, I think Michael Bush is a very good hitter. Um, somewhere that could slot all over the diamond for the cubbies. Uh, might even just DH. He's that kind of guy. Um, but, uh, the Cubs are getting better incrementally. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a good grab for them too. Bush is a guy who hasn't been able to pop just yet with the Dodgers, but, um, you know, the Dodgers handle prospects in a, in a weird way too. Um, so we'll see, he'll, he should have plenty of at bats with the Cubs and, yeah. uh, we'll see what they got from him. Uh, the Braves and GM Alex Anthopoulos extended their contract to the year 2031, which, yeah. uh, you know, everyone That's, else has got that big, long extension on the Braves. You might as yeah, well have. Yeah, that's what I thought. They're like, we're going to keep you as long as we have Albies or, yep. or something, you know. Um, so the, the gang sticks around. I don't think I can remember a front office no. person getting that long of an extension, period. Yeah, I can't either. Um, which is interesting because you would think that that is the, actually the type of contract you would give this sort of position since it usually does take that long to actually see results from these guys um, unless you're like in a hardcore win now mode team and every every individual season is like a, yeah. you know a grade but um yeah i mean it makes sense he's built a freaking he's done a great job yeah it's a it's a it feels like a dynasty already even though they yeah have, you know they, they they need to win several more world series to call it that but it feels that way um so good for him stupid yeah. braves is so we we were kind of talking about uh friedman of the dodgers last week is is it him and alex anthopoulos are they the best two uh perceived by the industry right now probably perceived by the industry it's such a hard thing to actually grade yeah. you know because um, they are also just like the culmination of an entire organization's efforts right, right. but like yeah probably i mean they're the two teams with the most consistent success over the last, uh, well, for the Dodgers, you know what they've they've made the playoffs. Obviously, they would call it disappointing because of their their World Series record um, or their their playoff record in general. But if you're a if you're uh, running a team, 
you really would not ask for better outcomes than uh than what the Dodgers have had over the last right. decade. And uh, the Braves are certainly building that right now, too. So I don't know. I can't even think of who else you would um, really put in that camp. Uh, the the Astros, who's who's that right now? Like he got fired, remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they hired the Braves farm director, whose yeah. name is escaping me right now. Yeah. He's only yeah. been there for a minute. Um. All right, Nate, one more piece of news. I thought you'd like this. You you like mm-hmm. video games, right? Wow. You like yeah. baseball, right? Yeah. Uh, Shohei Otani will become a Konami baseball game ambassador, <laughs> celebrating 30 years of Konami and baseball uh, uh, being together. But he is now a uh, official Konami baseball ambassador. How do you feel about that? I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. You like video games? You like Shohei Otani? What else do you do? I'm trying to think of what Konami baseball games are still like. It seemed to be like an arcadey type game. I I looked at it very briefly, but uh, it doesn't. He's ambassador, Nate. It doesn't have anything to do with games. He's being the ambassador. Yeah, but you have to have like a game to. No, you don't. Ambass. No. So just. Uh, He's just ambassador for nothing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Listen to the short really game. Things. It's a podcast about short video games. Yeah. Comes out on Mondays. We just had our game of the year episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I am excited for him and I would love more baseball game, uh, video games. Uh, I've kind of fallen off of the show, uh, for a little while now. So, yep. All right. Let's wrap up this episode. Uh, we played this one right at the beginning of the off season. And now as we approach the end of the off season, we spend a lot of time talking about, uh, contracts and dollar amounts and total earnings. Uh, so we're returning to a little game that I called your income. You win some, maybe it's the other way around. You win some, your income. There you go. Yeah. Uh, no, it's called your income. You lose some (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Your income. You lose some got it in one. Yeah. Uh, all right. So if you don't remember this game, I've got a list of uh, Cardinal players and their total career earnings. Um, so not just with the Cardinals, but you know what? Famously very good at this game. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, rice is right rules, I suppose. Uh, uh you know what? No, that doesn't make sense. Cause you'd always just bet one. Dollar. You're trying to get as close as possible to right. the, okay. to the dollar amount. Um, and we kind of go throughout history here. Um, so Ben is trying to guess what was their total amount earned in their career as a major league baseball player. Right. Yep. Okay. Rogers Hornsby. Oh, damn it. How much do you think Rogers Hornsby? Hornsby. Uh, so long ago. These are the ones that I just cannot do because it's like the inflation calculation is impossible for my yeah. brain. Uh, so he probably was making three bucks a year or something like that. <laughs> um, cause, uh, milk was less than a penny, right? Uh-huh. Uh, they had different forms of currency back then Yeah, to uh, help yeah. that out. Like uh, truck bucks and stuff. I don't know. My guess is that he was probably making like 25 to 30 grand a year. Um, that might even be high because it was so long ago. I'm going to say his career earnings. 
Jeez, I don't know. I'll 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 say four hundred thousand dollars. Okay, yeah, actually a pretty good pretty good guess, Ben. Yeah. So he he made uh four hundred and fifty three thousand six hundred and sixty six dollars. Do you have his his highest individual year in front of you by chance? Um, no, but I could get it pretty quick. Hold on. Um, that was he played. I was also looking. Um, yeah, that's like one of your best guesses from this entire yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Nate. Um, it's a hard game though. Okay. So you were pretty spot on with your thoughts around like what his average would be. Um, and he played for a long ass time. Right. Uh, his highest yearly earning was in 1931 and 1932. Uh, actually with, uh, the Cubs, he made $40,000 a year. Wow. Um, his first year in the bigs. Now, I should say, like, they, they put a, a ton of um, qualifiers on this. Like, no one for sure knows just how much they actually made since some of the shit was just, like, jotted down on a napkin, sure. you know? Right. Um, but this is, but it's, it estimates that his first year in the bigs, uh, he made um, $1,000. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was running a, uh, let's see if I can do this calculator real quick. Um, so 455,000, um, in that time period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll do the next one and I'll look it up. This is, this website's being annoying. Yeah. This Um, is, this is good podcast. This is good content. Okay. Uh, how about, so you're pretty good with that. How about we're going to jump ahead a little bit, actually a fair bit. Bob Gibson. How much yeah. did Bob Gibson make in his career? Ooh, okay. So I know I like way, way overestimated Stan Musial. They crossed over. So the dollar range has to be somewhere around there. Obviously, Bob Gibson played closer to contemporary times than Musial did. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a little bit higher, but it's not going to be that high because I way, way, way overshot <laughs> Musial. So yeah. Um, he played for a long ass time. Um, I am going to say that Bob Gibson, this is so tough. I hate doing this. Um, I'm going to get, say that he made 4 million bucks career. You overshot it again. Damn. Um, yeah, that it's kind of crazy. Like there is a, definitely inflation from the like twenties and thirties into the sixties, but not as much as you might think. So Bob Gibson in his career made $1.3 million. Wow, man. Yeah. That is shocking to me. Yeah. Um, and while you were guessing, I did get my inflation calculator working. Um, Roger Horn, Rogers, Rogers Hornsby's, um, 455,000. I said it for 1937, which was his last year in the bigs. Okay. Uh, it was actually, just over nine million dollars in today's game. Hey, so, you know, good. we we always like we we look back at a lot of these guys and think about them as like, oh yeah, they they like worked in the circus over the summer too. And while that is true for a lot of players, your stars in baseball were very wealthy in their yeah. day. You know, um, Babe Ruth was making the equivalent of millions a year. Also, yeah. you know, oh yeah, they so. they did just fine. Not to mention all the the deals they had. You know, selling. Uh, uh, tire lube or whatever people <laughs> used back then. 
little spinny helicopter hats. <laughs> Rocks for eating. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, let's see what uh, Bob Gibson's highest salary. Um, I'm probably not going to do this for every player, but it is interesting at this era. So the most he ever made was $175,000 a wow. year. Man. Yeah. And, you know, he also um, didn't pitch in the majors for as long as like a Hornsby did. Right. You know, uh, but yeah, $1.3 million. Not bad, Bobby. Yeah. Um, okay. Moving on. Uh, didn't play uh, for the Cardinals for very long at all, but was a pretty big figure when he did. Uh, how much do you think Jack Clark made? Jack Clark. Um, that is tough. Um, yeah, he didn't play for us very long. Some big hits. A big part of, yeah, a big yeah. part of the mid 80s. Uh, 80, it was, I think it was 85, 86, and 87. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go. That's, that's another time period that I, I kind of struggle with because it started yeah. to get in the millions there but not mm-hmm. the high millions or anything like that. I'm going to say career earnings. Jack Clark was sitting at 28 million buckaroos. Still high. Damn it. Um, yeah. The eighties, we are starting to see some real money. Um, but, uh, he made 15 million 772,000. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was even, that was my I, conservative from what I was originally thinking. So yeah, I got a, it's hard. Well, you got to remember that in the 80s, uh, every player had a pre-tax deduction that went straight to cocaine, and that doesn't show up in these right. salaries. That's off the books. It's yeah. just all, yeah, it's just an assumed. So there might have been another $15 million in there that was just <laughs> going straight to cocaine. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I was right. Was really all what right. you said. Yeah. Yeah. We're uh we're going to the modern game here, Ben, but we are going uh sort of the opposite spectrum is from the from the stars that we normally talk about. Okay. New Cardinal bench coach, Daniel Descalso. How much Ooh. do you think he made in his playing career? Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. So I I would I would bet that he 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 probably made a few million dollars a year going through ARB and everything like that. Um so I mean, I, I bet he's shockingly close to Jack Clark, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, just times have changed. I, uh, I'll be a little more conservative though. Cause it's not like he played forever. Uh, I'm going to give Daniel dirty Dan. Uh, I'm going to say he made 11 million bucks. So you are below it. Um, and your statement of him being really close to Jack Clark was very, very true. So, he made fourteen point six million dollars. Oh, wow. I should have just said career. fifteen. Yeah, yeah. And Jack Clark made fifteen point seven. So, damn. You know, thirty years later, a uh, yeah, like a, a utility bench roll guy who we all love, but that's yeah. what he was, made nearly as much as the like one of the stars of the of of the eighties. Yeah. Huh. Well, I wonder how big Jack Clark. How, would would you call him a star of the? Oh, baseball yeah. at that yeah. time. I mean, it, yeah. You talk to a Giants fan. He's yeah, he's that's a big right. deal. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking like he's a big deal to a couple teams, but is he a big deal to like an average baseball player? Because well, obviously, if you're I, a Cardinal fan too, you know who Jack Clark is. Yeah, I, I would love if we have any listeners older than us to check me on this. But my understanding, he's big personality and good yeah. player. I think he was pretty pretty popular. Yeah, 
I think you're right. Um, all right. We're wrapping it up with the big dog himself, Albert Pujols. How oh. much did he make in his career? Oh, man. Well, I, okay. So this one you could. Yeah. He made. We know like, a lot about this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He made like, was it, oh, was it 130 as a Cardinal before he came back? So then he made like one five million dollars that last year, which was what a great deal that turned out to be. <laughs> um, or did he make one fifty? So I know his second deal. Oh no, my brain! It was two sixty for ten, right? So that puts him right around three hundred. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm not going to overthink it too much. I'm going to say he made three hundred five. You're low, um, you know, broadly speaking, you're not that far off. Uh, he made $346 million. Damn. So <laughs> the, the two numbers that like that I always think of is he signed the $100 million extension with the Cardinals. Right. Um, and then he, it was, uh, it was 10, I think 225 with, uh, oh. um, with the angels. And so, and then, you know, mix in, um, his last year with the Cardinals and his pre-arbitration stuff. He actually only made $2.5 million um, in his last year with the Cardinals. So, Oh, was, I thought it was more than that. That's amazing. A real deal. No yeah. kidding. <laughs> yeah. Thanks Albert. Yup. When you have uh, 300 million bucks, I don't think you care anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, obviously he's one of the greatest players of all time. If anybody, uh, you know, well, it's, it, it's funny to think that like Rogers Hornsby is a inner circle type guy. Albert yeah. Pujols is an inner circle type guy and the adjusted salary, you know, Albert. Nine, he, yeah. Rogers Hornsby, him, $9 million in today's money. Yeah. <laughs> Albert beat him by 335 million. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. Make your kids um, play baseball. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that'll wrap this week's episode. Thank you all for listening. Um, as always, we appreciate it. Uh, tell your friends, tell your families, um, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. Give us a call 848-48-BIRDS. Um, it's just a few more weeks left in the, in the true off season. Yeah. Um, and we'll continue to bring you all the news every week. And, uh, <laughs> okay. I'm still that they, the, DeWitt and Mo both said there could still be room in the budget. Sure. There could but, be. Yeah. Here comes Nick Maton. <laughs> hey, we would both be happy with that. We would. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, we'll be back next week. And until then, uh, go get another starting pitcher, please. Okay. Bye. Bye.
My name's Rappin' Ben, and I'm here to say that I used to rap every single day, and then something happened. It was really bad. I turned out that I was my own dad. And that now is I can't really, rap. That, was, that is really bad. <laughs> it's so bad.